quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. One of the main reasons why I wanted to really push ahead with this health journey is because I thought to myself, if my daddy had been healthier, would my daddy still be here? Would he have been able to protect himself more? CNN senior writer and my friend, Lisa Respers France, lost her father, Gary Respers Sr., this past February. Now, even before COVID, he did suffer from a lot of health issues, obesity, diabetes. He was a cancer survivor. Those pre-existing conditions put him at higher risk. It had a huge influence on me because I thought to myself, I've got to lose weight. I've got to lose weight because that's going to help me to not end up on a ventilator or potentially die. All of a sudden, I knew in my mind and growing up all these years, I knew that obesity put me at risk. But with the pandemic, it put me at risk in a way that was so in my face every day that it scared me to death. Though I like to tell people it scared me to life. Scared me to life. I love that. You know, whether it's from contracting the coronavirus, losing loved ones unexpectedly, or just from the stress of social isolation, there's no question this pandemic has taken a humongous toll on our bodies in ways big and small. For some of us, the pandemic has made us start thinking seriously about our physical health. We've become more aware that we rely on our bodies working as well as they can. And many of us have decided we'd like them to work even better. So today, we're going to look at the ways the pandemic has affected our relationship with fitness and body health and how we might leverage this moment to redefine what health means to us. So grab your water bottle, lace up your shoes. It's time to start chasing life. This pandemic has changed so much of our lives, including for some of us, our bodies. We may have gained weight. We may have lost weight. Those who contracted COVID-19 may still be dealing with the virus's long-term effects. During the pandemic, I felt a lot more comfortable without wearing makeup and more comfortable with my skin and with how I look. When I couldn't go to the gym, I kind of had to bring the gym home. And so I bought some weights and some home equipment and really just kept my normal routine going of a workout every day after work. Pandemic presented an opportunity to reevaluate just exactly what it is I put in my body and how it makes me feel. I've removed alcohol from my life entirely. I'm 20 weeks into this experiment and I've never felt better. My car finally died a few months ago. Since then, I've completely relied on my bike to get around, and it's been one of the very few good things to come out of the pandemic. I have to be honest. There have been times during the pandemic where I lost my motivation to exercise. So I decided to check in with my personal fitness inspiration. I think a lot of people struggle with it because they don't really know 
the myriad of unbelievable things it will do for you other than the fact that it'll give you a six pack down the road or give you a cute butt or give you a strong chest. That is, that's for young people who want to go to the gym to meet other young people. You know what I mean? For the rest of us that have busy lives and work and traffic and kids and wives, let's just do it because it's going to absolutely improve the quality of our day today. That's Tony Horton. He's a personal trainer and author founder of P90X. I know I'm not the only fan of his fitness videos. I've got his catchphrases etched in my memory forever. Lines like, do your best, forget the rest. All push-ups, just like pull-ups, maximum, maximum, maximum reps. I'm curious, how are you thinking about things right now? I want to talk about your life and just your approach to fitness and all these things that I'm fascinated by. But just how are you doing? Are you feeling optimistic? What is your mental state right now? I think more optimistic now than it's been since the beginning of the pandemic. Absolutely. You know, I was seeing a lot of changes in my life and the people around me. And, uh, you know, I had a group of guys in my gym today, this morning, first time, masks off. Of course, all the windows and doors were open. The fans were going, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we felt confident because we all had been vaccinated plus two weeks and, and we're just trusting the science. And, you know, it just really feels like there's a, a general optimism that didn't exist five, six, seven, eight months ago. How have you, Tony, stayed motivated? Well, I mean, you talk about it in the fourth chapter of your book, Move. Physical activity affects the mental and emotional state as much as more anything. I don't work out for aesthetic reasons. For me, it's a mental and emotional process now more than anything else. I mean, you know, fitness is about being able to do things you couldn't do without it. When you exercise, do you feel mentally better right away? I mean, you said this isn't for aesthetics. People talk about the fact that you're releasing these various hormones in the brain, the feel-good hormones, the dopamine, and the brain-derived neurotrophic factors. Someone who does this lives in this world. Do you feel that right away? It depends on the type of routine that I'm doing, whether, and it also has to do with my enthusiasm about that workout prior to doing it. You know, you know what I mean? But I do them because, you know, there's two kinds of love. There's the kind of love that you have for a particular sport that you enjoy or an acti- physical activity that you enjoy. And there's the other kind of lo- love is the positive outcome of you pushing the envelope, doing something you, that you don't love. I do cardio twice a week because I'm a skier. And as a 63-year-old, I want to tear down that mountain and I want to go. And that philosophy has worked pretty well. So as much as I don't enjoy, like my cardio routine now is three minutes on four, five, six, seven, or or eight different cardio machines. Stationary bike, VersaClimber, heavy bag, treadmill, rowing machine, jump rope, you know what I mean? Ski machine. And that kind of helps me get through it. So I'm always finding strategies to show up, you know what I mean? And then sometimes... Even three quarters of the way through some workouts, I'm still dragging, but I'm in the room, you know, because I know that, you know, 80% of this whole thing is showing up and just being okay with the result and being present and not being so attached to, I got to burn 545 calories in 48 minutes and I'm past that. I really do love to work out. I realized that the other day I was going for a long run and I was thinking, man, I just, I feel good. And part of it is that I can just do it at all. And the weather's nice, and I, my lungs are working, breathe in, breathe out, no pain. Knees are good, you know, all this sort of stuff. Kind of like you, I mean, it's not the aesthetics. I want to be healthy. I have a history of heart disease in my family, but it's really, as I've gotten older, become a more of a mental thing. And I'm curious now, a lot of people are probably listening, and they're in this recovery phase from the pandemic, like we're talking about. 
I don't know if you have any guidance for people who are trying to recover. Should a brisk walk around the block be the way to start, or should you go straight into burpees? You know, how do you counsel people? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, everybody's different. If if you've got a 28-year-old ex-gymnast who's gained eight pounds during the pandemic, we're going we're gonna to prescribe something different for that person than somebody who's ended up, you know, who's 55 and overwhelmed and super stressed out and their cortisol levels are through the roof and their adrenal glands are fried and they're smoking cigarettes, you know. The brisk walk is a brilliant way. So let's, let's say let's, let's, we had to pick somebody, maybe they're, they've gained some substantial weight and they, and they really feel stagnant and they're stiff and they understand that maybe, you know, it's time to start doing something. Let's just go in there because it's going to improve our memory and our cognition and maybe our sex drive and, and your productivity and the glass is going to feel half full as opposed to half empty. That's what exercise does. You know what I mean? Like, all right, you're going to, here's the key, Sanjay, P90X2. I mean, four ball push-ups and levers and burpees. Let's go. <laughs> no, man, go for a walk. More of our conversation and the challenges of healthy body image right after the break. And now we're back with Chasing Life. You know, when people make exercise goals, they tend to shoot too high and fail. And then they get discouraged. And that's an unhelpful pattern. So how can we reliably set ourselves up to succeed you know, my whole thing is purpose, plan, and accountability. What, what is your reason why? Oh, there's a pandemic. Oh, I got a new reason why. You know, my, my purpose has shifted slightly as a result. And my plan is still in place. What I'm going to do, what time I'm going to do it, there it is. Not going to vary from that. Accountability is everything. I mean, you are the company you keep when it comes to this sort of thing. So if you don't have somebody in the house, your husband, your, your, your wife, your kids, or, or, you know, go online and find some folks. I always talk about this when I do my live events. Who is in your tribe? You know, and if you've got a bunch of naysayers and finger pointers and lazy folks, then it's time to clean house, man, because they're not going to be the ones that are going to motivate you. And then chances are this arduous, painstaking thing that you think exercise is won't be that anymore. It'll just be this kind of fun thing with some cool friends. But what do you do if that naysayer is yourself? I always like to remind people or at least tell people for the first time that you are enough. There is so much more to individuals besides just what we look like. Joy Cox studies weight stigma at Rutgers New Jersey Medical School. And she's the co-founder of Jabby, a community wellness app. Instead of looking at how our bodies are being presented in society, if we reframe that to really think and say, you know, wow, my body brought me through a pandemic. My body kept me alive during a pandemic. My body has done a great job in allowing me to transition to living life, in essence, virtually. And be thankful for that. Be grateful for that because we lost so many people who had expectations of being here. You know, I think that's a really important point. No matter how our bodies may have changed over the past year, they've also helped us survive a pandemic. And that's an amazing achievement, and that is worth celebrating. So as we prepare to go back out into the world, I encourage everyone to treat your bodies with some compassion. Don't beat yourself up if your favorite old jeans don't fit anymore. Instead, Joy suggests that we try to shift the way that we think about our bodies. So when we go back to the messages that society sends us, We see that as failure, right? Like my clothes don't fit anymore. What has happened to me? But again, reframe that, you know, I've made it through a pandemic. It's summertime, clothes switched over. There's bright colors out there that's waiting for me to tackle. Let me go get some clothes so that I look fabulous this summer. 
right? So that whenever I walk down the street in my hot pink and my oranges and my yellows, right? I'm comfortable and I'm happy to be outside and I'm happy to be in the body that I'm, that I'm in and I'm appreciative for that. Joy says it's really important to strip away the negativity and to start to rethink body image as we prepare for our post-pandemic lives. She suggests trying a practice called thought stopping. It's a technique often used in cognitive behavioral therapy. Thought stopping can be a technique that's used when you have negative uh, thoughts running through your mind about things. You can stop yourself and, and reframe, right, or redirect those thoughts, right? And so if I'm in front of a mirror and I'm trying on a bathing suit and I stand in front of the mirror and I might not necessarily like what I see, right? Before my mind starts to travel into how I'm not, you know, I'm not attractive and no one's ever going to want me and this is going to be horrible at the beach, right? Somewhere along those lines, I can stop that thinking. I can redirect my thoughts and, 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 and think about affirmations and, and ponder on more positive things that kind of get me out of this space of negative body talk. For my friend and colleague, Lisa, the pandemic actually offered an opportunity to develop healthier habits and a more positive relationship with her body. So all of a sudden I'm at home. I'm no longer eating out at amazing restaurants. I'm no longer drinking. And the weight started coming off because I'm out here and I'm walking the dog just like everybody else did at the beginning of the pandemic. My dog got walked so much. So all of a sudden I'm moving more, I'm eating less and the weight started coming off and I started feeling more energetic and feeling a little bit better. And I thought, I kind of like this. I kind of enjoy this. Then once my parents contracted COVID, that moment of I have got to be as healthy as possible to support my family through what we're going through it made the connection between my head, my heart, and my stomach. And it became, I not only want to do this, but I have to do this. Importantly, Lisa realized that counting calories and hitting the gym wasn't going to be enough to achieve the healthy lifestyle that she wanted. I decided to take a holistic approach to my weight loss because I realized that my weight loss was about so much more than what I was eating. It's about so much more than the fact that I don't like to exercise. So I started seeing a therapist. I started working with a nutritionist. And my nutritionist was very upfront about the fact that she's not in the business of helping you lose weight. She's in the business of helping you learn how to eat better. And I knew that I had to have a psychological component to it because I had to deal with my thought patterns. I had to deal with my emotional eating in addition to learning how to eat well. I had to deal with the pain that was causing me to eat my emotions rather than dealing with my emotions. There's really good evidence that exercise doesn't just strengthen our muscles. I know that's how we think about it, but it also can be good for our brains and our memory. You see, exercise releases stress-relieving and feel-good hormones like endorphins, as well as these growth factors that actually support the health of neurons. It can also promote emotional stability, stave off depression, possibly even dementia as well. That's a really fascinating area of research. Physical activity might just be the single most important thing you can do to boost your brain's function and resiliency against disease. I know we often think of crossword puzzles and intellectual pursuits to strengthen our brain, but exercise may just be the key. And the good news is that physical activity doesn't have to be intense or high impact or painful. 
The other bit of good news is that it's never too late. You've heard that before. But even if you've never worked out in the past, you can start today. And you can have a quick and significant effect on your body and your brain. So why not give it a try? Tony says any form of movement, from walking around the block to a spontaneous dance party in the kitchen, can help make our bodies and our minds happy. Anytime you're depressed or overwhelmed or, or stressed out or something, it's usually because you're sitting down. You know what I mean? It's hard to do that while, you know, you're in the middle of a yoga class or, you know what I mean? So getting up, standing up, going out and getting some fresh air and just walking in the neighborhood it is a brilliant way to start. I mean, sometimes when I'm not in the mood for my workouts, that's the first thing I do. And that's my pre-warm-up warm-up, you know, and then I can get in the room and start stretching and moving. And as for Lisa, she's feeling better than ever and she's happy with her body. I look at myself every morning and I say, you are a knockout. I'm beautiful with those 40 pounds. I'm beautiful without those 40 pounds. I still have divine feminine energy no matter what my size is. Sexy is not a size. Sexy is Lisa Respers France. Last of all, I wanted to take a moment to answer another great listener question. Hi, Sanjay. We just learned recently that it's very unlikely to contract COVID from touching surfaces. So I'm just wondering why we're still getting the messaging about washing hands frequently. It seems to be confusing, conflicting information. Thank you. Okay, so first of all, it's true that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention did issue updated guidance saying that the coronavirus is mainly transmitted through inhalation, not from contaminated surfaces. Now, that doesn't mean it can't happen, but the CDC recommends we focus our cleaning on indoor, high-contact areas, which means we probably don't need to clean our groceries anymore. That said, it's still a good idea to keep up the hand-washing. Why? Well, good hand hygiene protects us against the coronavirus, but also other germs, like the flu and cold viruses. So wash the hands and do it long enough to sing happy birthday. Twice. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on an upcoming episode. We'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Chasing Life is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is executive producer. Zoe Saunders is the senior producer. This episode was produced by Rachel Cohn, Jordan Gosperé, and Paige Sutherland. Our medical writer is Andrea Kane. Tommy Bazarian is our engineer. And a special thanks to Ben Tinker and Amanda Seeley of CNN Health, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.